He'll go over there and doctor their wounds and their diseases and all that, but first thing he'll do is pray for them. So it's a double, two-edged sword, isn't it, David? Well, it's exciting to get to pray. Yes. You know, a lot of these kids, unfortunately, have things we can treat. Yeah. And uh, that gets to be routine, but the exciting thing the is real really thing. The real yeah, what deal. I'm looking for <laughs> is that opportunity what was that, that time, is beyond me. What was that one time Joe said, do we have anything for something? And you oh, said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Joe Kirkwood. You know, I got my start with him at Cornerstone. We went to Africa several times, and then... One time he was uh, treating patients with me, and, and uh, there was a young kid that had difficulty speaking. He was mute. Yeah. Let's face it, he was mute. And Joe said to me, hey, Dave, do we have anything for, for a kid who hasn't been able to speak since he was born? And, you know, this is a guy who's laid hands on hundreds, <laughs> if not thousands of people, and seen God do well. miracles of healing. And I thought to myself, you got to be kidding me, right, Joe? <laughs> you know? I said, Joe, pray for the young man, <laughs> you know? And it's like, oh, yeah. So he kicked into the, yeah. the, the spiritual man right. and prayed for him, and he began to speak just yeah, like that. Yeah, that's why I you know? remember that. So that, that, that was a great story. <laughs> and I got a lot of stories about the glory of God, and uh, um, I want to get into some of them just to be an encouragement to you. But the glory of God extends beyond... Uh... Okay, brother, bring it. Bring it. Yesterday, my wife... I love and... this guy. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> my wife and I were in Lubbock, and we were in the Dillard's, and I happened to be in the women's section. And three times... This words for me? No, no. This is what happened to me because it's going to happen to you. All right. Three times the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I went over and delivered prophetic words to three black women in Dillard's, <laughs> one of them in the intimate lingerie department. <laughs> and the anointing <laughs> fell. Your wife was around. <laughs> yes, she was. She was yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. But God gave me a divine connection that I did not even know about in a place that I would really never even go to. And the Holy Spirit spoke to them. And two songs we sing today, Jesus is Alive and Blessed Be the Name of the Lord, Amen. are songs that the angels are singing over you over this trip while you're going to Africa. Hallelujah. So I declare that as you go to the graveyards and the pits of where you're going, that you prophesied these bones. Mm. And they're Amen. going to live again. Amen. And those things that have been dead that they thought would never live again, I'm telling you, pick up that baby, drop kick it, and it will start running. <laughs> You're going to see the dead things come to life on this trip in Jesus' name. And I declare everywhere you go that you have a prophetic word in you to break off and bring deliverance. And that deaf and dumb spirit you will encounter, it will fall immediately, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing in Jesus' name. That's right, brother. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, we're going to definitely see that. And uh, that's just confirmation about what the Lord's done. And and that allusion to drop-kicking the baby is actually what Smith Wigglesworth did, right? And, uh, yeah, and and he kicked it across the the church, I think. And and when the dead baby landed, it, it, it was alive again. So I don't, I don't know that I'll be able to do that, but, you know, what's that? No, I, you know, the Holy Spirit have to really speak pretty loud for me to do that. Um, I'm not quite that aggressive, <laughs> although we do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and it's exciting where we're going and, 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 and the background of these folks, and we'll get to that here in a second. But... 
I want to deliver a, a word of encouragement to you all that is separate from this word that I'm giving today. And I've just been asking the Lord to give me a prophetic word of encouragement for you as a body of Christ. Uh, and I feel like uh, God will just give you praise, honor, and glory. Thank you for this time, Father, and thank you for the opportunity you've presented me to encourage your body. This is your body, Lord Jesus. These are your people, called by your name, the sheep of your pasture. And Lord God, I give you praise, honor, and glory for them. And I ask God that you would give them encouragement, a word of encouragement right now in Jesus' name. And the Lord says that you guys are entering a season of, of grace that uh, many have longed for through the centuries that have never really received it. That 500-year curse is broken off of you. That spirit of religion is gone, and now you are free. You are set free in Jesus' name to be all that he is destined for you to be. Uh, This is coming to pass, and it is right now for many of you. And continue to walk in that path of grace because there is no greater message. And folks, the Lord says, it was for freedom that I set you free. So do not submit yourselves again to that former yoke of slavery because it is off you. That yoke is broken. I've broken that yoke, says the Lord. Just come to me and I'll relieve the burden of the past. And uh, uh, the Lord just wants you, I just feel like the Lord wants you guys to know that uh, you are free. You are free, you know. uh, And from one freed man to another. You know, it's just a great pr- privilege to be here at New Life, to be under uh, the teaching of Pastor Dorman and his wife, Jana. And I uh, just appreciate my wife and the support she's given me over the last seven and a half years I've been going to Africa. This is the 15th trip now that I've made. Uh, we have a 501c3 called Lost But Not Forgotten. God gave me that name. And he also gave me the vision <clears throat> for what he wanted to do in West Africa. And I'm going to show you a little bit about that. Can we start the, the slides and maybe turn some of the lights down, Marion? So, um, <clears throat> the vision was uh, interesting. I, I, I just, on a, on a wing and a prayer, I went to Chad one, one time, and we had to travel through. Um, it's on a separate file uh, on the E drive. I think it's called Lexar. So if you go to my computer, you should pull that up. <clears throat> but uh, just on a wing and a prayer that, that we just uh, we went to, to uh, Lagos, I met, I met a guy, a contact there of Joe's, and <clears throat> we just said, well, we got nothing, so let's just trust the Lord will give us a contact in, in northern Nigeria when we get there. So that's what we did. We get on the plane, went to northern Nigeria, and I got hammered in immigration. Uh, I was already, I was already entered the country, but it was like they treated me as as another country. It's like another country in northern Nigeria, and, and I spent thirty minutes there with immigration, and they was just battering me with questions. I was the only white guy on the plane, and and so when that was over, there was one cab left in the parking lot. And we're like, okay, Lord, um, you know, we're through that, through that obstacle. Got in the cab, this guy's name is Tunde, started talking to him. And 
Mike asked him some pointed questions. He was in the front seat. I was in the back. And at the same time, we both discerned by the Holy Spirit that this man knew the Lord. And Mike looked back at me, and I looked at him, and I said, Tunde, you know, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? And he said, yes, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian, you know. And um, Mike said, we got to tell him our plan. And so we revealed to him that we wanted to go to the Cannon Boo and Chad and that uh, they were a subgroup of Kanuri people. The Kanuri is a big ethnic group of Muslims, very few believers in that ethnic group now. Uh, but through Tunde, um, I reached, a, reached out to a man named Musa, Musa Garbakukala. Musa is uh, a few years older than me. He got saved in prison after he had stolen a car, and uh, he was 19 years old and read a Gideon Bible in Nigeria. And he became the first Kanuri evangelist. One-armed man, lost his arm at a Muslim school when he fell down, and it was his left arm, actually, and uh, broke that. But <clears throat> it, was, uh, it was an interesting meeting. He's such a humble man, and the Lord showed me two guys. One was a, a very uh, type A, difficult uh, person to deal with. He was an evangelist among the Canary people. And then there was Musa, uh, soft-spoken, quiet, humble. And I thought, this is the man that I'm supposed to work with. Well, after we met, Musa said to me, he said, you know, David, I had a dream last night. And in the dream, I was, I was going through a plot, a vineyard, a huge vineyard. And there are all kinds of plots on my left and on my right. And, and all of the grapes on the vines were dying. They were dried out. There was a drought, and, and no fruit was being produced. But then the Lord showed me my plot. And in my little plot, there were grapes that were huge, just hanging from the vine. And I knew that that was, that was my harvest. And then I woke up. <clears throat> and I didn't know the meaning of that dream until I met you. And now I know that God is going to give us an incredible harvest among the Canary people together. So he was the first man God put into my path. And then another man from Cameroon, he had a vision. And in his vision, he got a phone call and it was from someone he thought was Pastor Titus, the, the, the proud man I was talking to you about. And he said, is this Pastor Titus? And, and he heard a voice on the phone that said, do my work. Pastor Titus, is that you? Do my work. And he hung up the phone. And uh, he met me a couple of days later in Madugri. He had come from Cameroon to Madugri. And uh, <clears throat> I met him, and I didn't really have an eye for this man until we started working together. But he's been a critical part of the team. Both men are on the payroll, and his name is Emmanuel Mukaila, a sweet, sweet man of God, a good servant, speaks seven languages, and, and a, an important uh, cog in this small mobile, hostile, and agile team that God's put together. And, and we'll, I'll show you what the Lord's done in the last four and a half years. So I'm going to give you a report of last year. Last year you guys gave generously and invested in this, this mission trip to the, the, to the uh, Tomashek people of the Agadez area in, in Niger. And I know that's a lot of words I'm throwing out to you. Just let it be known that you, you guys had a part in leading 900 Muslims to the Lord last year. You have fruit from that. 
So uh, just know that your labor was not in vain. Your investment was not in vain. Uh, God has written those names in his book, and you are partially responsible for their being there. So thank you very much. Now, next slide, please. Next slide, please, Marion. Okay, buddy. All right. Is there an, on mine, it just, if you press an arrow, it just goes to the next one. I don't know about, about uh, your keyboard there. But I really don't want to go on until we have this because it, it's important for you to get a visual about where, um, where, this, uh, where this is. Because I threw out these names, and they're really foreign to most of us, and they were to me until the Lord showed me these folks. And uh, <clears throat> so it, it helps to get an idea of the, the geography. And uh, um, now this worked last year, Lord. So, Lord, I take authority over the, demon, the techno-demons that like to mess with my presentations. And in Jesus' name, uh, you get your hands off of this. And uh, I release, uh, I release this uh, program to to be received and given. Uh, well, let me talk a little bit more about um, last year's trip. We we had obstacles, guys, from from beginning to end. But I I don't I'm not complaining about the obstacles. And uh, I'll tell you one of the reasons I was reading in Numbers uh, today. I think it was Numbers chapter 11. Let me turn there. And uh, it said that now the people became like those who complain of adversity in the hearing of the Lord. And when the Lord heard of it, his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. God could not restrain his anger because the people were complaining of adversity. They'd been set free, set free to, to go to the promised land of God and to, fulfill, and to receive the promises of God. But they could not see that. All they could see was the difficulty and the adversity. So when we run into adversity in, in our trips, you know, uh, it may not be my initial response, but we do come into worship and praise God and thank Him and take authority over the enemy. And... and uh, then wait, you know, then wait. Well, it didn't happen like that when we had our first problem. The, uh, the travel agency had changed our tickets. We didn't know it. And uh, so we were in the wrong airport. We had to go from one airport to the next in, in Dallas and uh, barely got there in time. And then when we did get there, they, the, the airline left 15 minutes early. You know, Delta is pretty common for that. I don't know why they do that. Yeah, but nonetheless, they do. That's the uh, second or third time I've heard about that. But So we went to the next airport and uh, had to go back to the other airport again. And uh, finally, they, uh, one of the airlines uh, released a, a ticket for all of us, and we got another flight. And Well, needless to say, when we arrived in Africa, all of our luggage was messed up. 
So for three days, we're sitting in Kano, Nigeria, in northern Nigeria, having to wait on our luggage. Well, the enemy took that time and that opportunity to, to mess with one of the team members. He got, you know, he got afraid and, and anxious, and he's not used to sitting on his hands. And, and so that caused a little problem in the team and a little disunity. And uh, uh, finally, uh, I just, you know, I was, I was worshiping the Lord one day, and I, and I just said, Lord, how do we handle this? You know, Wayne said I should send him home. And I thought... No, I'm not going to do that because this guy is a children's minister and I believe that the enemy wants to use this to try to prevent the the great harvest that he's going to have among these kids. So I just went in and and, uh, addressed it in love and grace, you know, something we're hearing a lot about. Uh, You know, one of the challenges of grace is this, isn't it? that once you get set free, you don't ever want to be a slave again. But then you're challenged by people around you. God will bring those people into your life to say, okay, let's see what you've learned. Let's see what you learned, Dave, about grace. You know, you're going to get a chance to operate in it right now. So good luck. You know? And, of course, we don't, have, we don't need luck. We've got the Spirit of God. But, <clears throat> but so... You know, and then he just broke down, and you know, and and we bonded together during that time, and and uh, and we had a few more problems, but but it wasn't anything like we were going through. Why? Because love covers a multitude of sins, doesn't it? And the grace of God is. How are we doing, guys, back there? The grace of God is sufficient for all things, and uh, even in this situation, you know. The grace of God is sufficient to redirect us, to focus on the topic that God has in hand for you, the word he has for you. It may not be about Africa. It may be about grace. It may it be about pursuing the power of the presence of God. And that's one of the things I want to talk about. But, but now that we are close to being ready here, looks like we'll... But um, that was one of the challenges we had on the trip. But everywhere we go, people were dropping like flies, I'll tell you. The Spirit of God was just touching hearts, and Muslims were coming to the Lord. And, and you know, we got officials, you know, at, at some of the places we stopped at that would confront us. And, and, but, uh, you know, we wouldn't stop until the, until the, the invitation was given. And uh, I remember one, one guy said, you need to meet me at the border at 3 o'clock, you know. And said, well, okay. Well, we didn't make it at 3. We were there at 11. So, um, unfortunately, we missed that opportunity to, to speak to that gentleman. But uh, where were we? Okay, here's Nigeria right here. Kano is in the northern part. Uh, Lagos is in the southern part. The Lagos is where I'm having to fly in this time. And then our... Our target destination was smack dab in the middle of Niger, actually up here close to the Algerian border. I wanted to get all the way to the Algerian border, but the Holy Spirit stopped us at Arlit and uh, wouldn't let us go any further. Well, in Arlit, we had some great fruit, and uh, uh, one of them was, uh, of course, Doug led 200 kids to the Lord right there, you know. 
And that was a beautiful thing. And then we had a chance to lead another 100 that night, and then uh, 75 the next night. And, and uh, we were just like, wow, praising God, this is going great. Um, and <clears throat> after uh, uh, the next day, the second, the second outreach, we were, of course, every, every day starts with treating children, you know, sick kids who have multiple medical problems. And we do what we can with the medicine that we buy. We spend thousands of dollars on medicine so that we, we're well equipped to treat the kids for anything from malaria to intestinal parasites and other acute infections. And, and of course, laying hands on the kids. And, and uh, so we had a, a chance to, to lay hands on one young lady uh, after lunch. But during lunch, the chief brought us into his hut now, notice the honor. That doesn't happen all the time. They don't always feed us. They don't always give us tea. I demand hot tea because, uh, you know, i got to have something to keep me going. But they don't always do that. But this chief honored us by bringing us into his hut, fed us lunch. And I remember sitting on the back of the mud hut and just going, ah, wow, this feels good. And then the Holy Spirit interrupted my time and said, Okay, David, now that you're full, I want you to fill this man. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, that's what I'm here for, isn't it? Okay, let's go. So I uh, started talking to him about the Lord from Genesis to Revelation. Had about 20, 30 minutes where I, I, I just spoke to him through an interpreter. And I could tell he was just so heavy with the Spirit of God was on him. And I finally just stopped and said, do you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now? And he shook his head, yes. Old man, just uh, weathered by the storms of life, uh, nearing eternity, and he shakes his head, yes. And so he prays to receive the Lord. Of course, he gets saved right at that moment, but he prays to receive the Lord to kind of solidify his decision. And then he says something no one else has ever said to us over there. And this just touched my heart, and I know it's going to touch yours. He said, you know, I'm the chief of this village, and I have a lot of influence on people here. And I'm going to tell a lot of people about this Jesus that you told me about. And I'm like, oh, my God. I just thought, you know, if I die now, my life is fulfilled. This is it. Praise the Lord. And I just, I, I just was just floored by that response. But that's the way the Holy Spirit works. You know, Jesus said, you know, the good shepherd leaves the 99 and goes after the one, doesn't he? The theme verse of Lost But Not Forgotten is Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost. And that's what we do. We go into the unreached Muslim villages of West Africa to seek and to save those who are lost. Well, while we were there, I told you we lay hands on the sick. There was a young girl who, who could not hear. I think it was, I wasn't sure if it was one or both ears. But in any case, uh, the chief was watching me as I laid hands on that girl. And, 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 you know, just tears of joy came down my eyes, my cheeks when I saw the Lord heal her. And uh, a month later, we always do some, uh, uh, you know, we always do some follow-up. So I sent Musa back all the way to our lead to meet with this chief and some of the new believers. And he said, you know that girl that the doctor laid hands on? She still can hear. 
<laughs> like, well, yeah, you know. And, and he said, you know, there was some water coming down his face, you know, when he, when he, when he prayed for that girl. And Musa said, those were tears of joy to see God work in such a wonderful way in that young lady. So there is no joy in this area. I just realized that there's no peace and there's no joy among these people. But, okay, <clears throat> Niger was our target then and it's our target this time, except uh, we're going to a different place. Next slide, please. Okay. These, these little dots, these green dots, represent places that we've been to over the last four and a half years. Um, last year uh, is represented by these red dots. Uh, the country here is Nigeria. This is Chad, and this is Niger. This is Cameroon right here. We've had a chance to do evangelism explosion last fall in the northern part of Chad. Three different areas across, uh, uh, excuse me, Cameroon, the northern part. Cameroon, and we had a, uh, an evangelist uh, uh, pastor from uh, the president of Deeper Life in Chad came to join our team. We had uh, two uh, evangelists from, from Nigeria, uh, one from Cameroon, and then a, another missionary from Cameroon who joined the team, and, and they saw many people get saved, about, about 900 again, maybe closer to 1,000. And uh, many were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and, and they saw miracles, saw God do some miracles. So that, that was great. We've been to a couple places in Chad, and then all of this area in the southern part of, of Niger. Uh, this is our elite that I was talking about that's close to the Algerian border. Uh, this is a, a, a city right here, a village between our elite and the Agadez. And uh, then here is the Air Mountains. The Air Mountains actually travel up through here, up through Algeria and Mali, uh, where the problems are, in Libya. And so this is, uh, you know, where Al-Qaeda uh, likes to hang out in those, those mountains, in mountainous places, you know, waterless places where the, where the, the spirits of the evil one are as well. But <clears throat> anyway, we're coming against that, and we will succeed. Uh, in this village right here, Dave Mohan and I got really sick. Um, a lot of you know Big Dave, uh, Sergeant, um, 82nd Airborne guy, tough guy, you know, and, and uh, you know, we were all getting sick. And later I said, well, Lord, what's this all about? And he said, pride. And I thought, okay, you got three proud men, three gunners. Uh, I understand, you know, it, we, we got humbled. And uh, as a result, I had to leave some scrubs out there, you know, in the sand. But uh, David, uh, he, he had both vomiting, diarrhea, and seizures. He had three seizures. Um, I thought he was, he was so close to being in shock, uh, it's not even funny. And no matter what we tried to do, he would just continue to vomit, have diarrhea, vomit, have diarrhea. We'd pull him out of the truck and, uh, you know. But eventually we got to Agadez and... Uh, uh, aside from vomiting on the doctor, you know, the really he didn't have too many problems after that. Um, and this doctor had very little to work with there. They didn't even have an IV pole to speak of. So Dr. Sherwood is gracious. We're bringing some medical supplies and an IV pole and, and some wound care products. And so we're going to bless that, that doctor in the emergency room this time around. Um, 
before every trip, I send the guys out to scope out the land, scope out the villages, find the places that the Holy Spirit's leading us to go to. And, in, and indeed, in this case, um, I sent uh, Musa from Madugri and Emma from Banki, Cameroon, and they went all the way across to Kano, met with our pharmacist who helps us, Mrs. Abu, and uh, cleared the, cleared the uh, border uh, by the grace of God, went to Zinder, and then finally ended up in Agadez. And I get a call Sunday night, and Musa said, well, we've arrived in Agadez. And I said, great, you know, praise God that you arrived safely and everything's going well. And I said, any problems? He said, well, just one. I said, what's that? He said, well, the governor has denied us permission to go into the Ayer Mountains because he's not allowing anyone to go into the bush because of the conflict in Mali. And uh, I was waiting for him to tell me what the alternative plan was, you know. And, uh, And I remember Mike had told me, wherever you end up, that's where God wants you to be. So that was kind of in the back of my mind, and I'm thinking, well, you know, it's not safe to go. We don't have permission. You know, for, for a few seconds, I was like challenged by this idea that they were to stay there. But then I remember the Lord had confirmed last year that we were supposed to go to the Ayer Mountains. I, I asked him, I said, Lord, do you have anybody in the Ayer Mountains who are, who are working in this area with the Ayer Tomashek? And, and I didn't hear anything, but when we got back to Agadez, we got word from Niami from the capital that I had been accepted by the Ministry of Health to, to practice medicine in that country, anywhere I wanted to go. I had basically carte blanche authorization to do that. And so Abubakar, who is a Tomashek pastor, Abubakar says to me, oh, well, Dr. Tim, now that you have uh, permission to do this from the ministry, we can go to the Ayer Mountains and reach the Ayer Tomashek. And I said, wait a second. We didn't have this conversation before, did we? He said, no, I, I, I just want to do it. And then I thought, okay, Lord, if he says March of next year when I ask him when to go, then I know that this is from you. So I said, well, Abubakar, when do you want to go? When do you plan on doing this? He said, well, how about March of 2013? And I said, sounds great to me. Let's do it, you know. So that's, I was convinced that God wanted us to go here. So I, I said to Musa, I said, well... If you've got to get security to take you out there, hire it. Uh, I don't care what you've got to do, but try harder. And Musa is not the kind of guy that you have to tell that to. That is a real challenge for him because, you, you know, you're beginning to insult his, his, his manhood, literally, or his, 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 his desire to get out there. I mean, these are the same guys that basically mutinied me when we got stuck in, in Lake Chad. You know, they, they wanted to throw me out of the boat when I said, we need to go back to the beach. Uh, we were caught in a storm, and I think I told you this story before, but we were caught in a storm. The waves were running up, and the wind, and, and uh, our boat had broken down in the middle of the lake at night, and the next boat was about a mile away. And um, by the grace of God, uh, James had a flashlight, and he signaled uh, Emma, to, to come over and rescue us. So Emma came, rescued us. We went back to the shore. As soon as we hit the shore, the wind stopped. The waves just became peaceful. And I said, Lord, what's going on here? 
And he said, David, not every storm is from the devil. And I thought, you mean you did this? You did this to us, Lord? And, and he's like, oh, gosh, I, what am I going to do with this guy? You know, he doesn't understand I'm trying to protect him. So, so I told the guys, I said, we're going back to shore. You know, this, this night is done. We're, we're, we're finished here. And they're like, wait a second, you told us God would protect us, and, and uh, you know, you're basically a coward, and my son's calling me a coward, and I'm like uh, proud and disappointed at the same time. I don't know if you fathers have ever had that kind of feeling about your kids, but, but these guys have tenacity, and they're all, they are all evangelists and all strong in the Lord and prophets, and so... Uh, you know, I normally, getting back to, to our, our next mission, I don't, normally don't have to tell them to suck it up and go forward and get her done, you know. But I did in this case because I thought, we got to pursue this, this mission. This is what the Lord has clearly shown he wants us to do, and it, we got to get it done. So the next morning, at 3.30 in the morning, he calls me and says, now there's a six-hour difference. That's why I got called in the middle of the night. But, you know, I used to be a doctor, and I no longer do that. And uh, I was like, God, I st- I'm still on call. I still get these calls in the middle of the night. I'm not practicing medicine. What's this all about? He said, well, that the medicine was just training for the current job you have, you know. So I'm like, okay, thank you, Lord. But so anyway, he said, well, we're, we're headed to the mountains. I said, really, did you hire security? No. And uh, But we're going to leave our 4x4 our four four here, rent a different one, because we were told it will likely get stolen on the way. And, but we're going. We're headed. And I'm like, you go, guys. You go. The next night, he get called back. He comes back to Agadez from, from the mountains, and he said, well, David, we were welcomed in every village we went to. Great accommodations, and I'll show you the terrain. Uh, great accommodations, and... And uh, we were welcome. We found four villages that, that we're going to, Asamakad, and uh, Abajek, uh, Talet, and Tiwar are the four villages. But, but anyway, <clears throat> and I said, wow, great, praise God. You know, faith is all about one thing. That's faith. That's all you have to do with God. Just take that first step. Put your foot in front of the, the, the other. Faith is very active. Faith is a very uh, practical type of thing. Okay, next, next slide, please. All right, these are the areas in Cameroon that we were able to uh, bring to the Lord. Most of them, most of the unbelievers were idol worshipers, uh, some Muslims in this area, but not quite as many Muslims as in, in other areas. Next slide, please. Uh, this is a church from the foundation to the completion that we built in Zagagi. Because Zagagi is the first Muslim village where we saw the Lord bring fruit in Cameroon. We built, a, I mean, literally a grass church initially. The wind blew that down. We rebuilt it with clay bricks, and, and the roof blew off. We put, a, a, we put a, a zinc, what they call zinc roof, which is basically metal, I think you can kind of get an appreciation for the metal uh, the roof on there. 
and, and the wind and the water blew that church down. And so each time the Muslims are laughing at the guys and, and uh, uh, mocking them. And Well, Musa said, you know, when we started building this concrete church with these cement blocks, they stopped laughing at us. You know, and then he said, you know, but it's kind of like Sanballat and uh, uh, what was the other guy's name? Tobias. It's kind of like those two guys because <laughs> they, kept, they kept bugging us and telling us that we couldn't do this and it was wrong and all that. And Well, the chief had sold us this piece of land here, so, you know, we had total rights to it. But anyway, that's just persecution. That's, that's just part of the game. This is Emma, my son, and this is Pastor Philip. Uh, another man who's wor- who the world is not worthy of. And uh, he lives in Yagua and comes to Zagagi, the pastor of this church. He's a fine man of God. Next slide, please. Well, this was our team. This is uh, Dave Mohan, of course, and, and my brother Doug, and, and Musa is my director, Emma, my son, and, and uh, uh, Muhammad Alaji, a great young evangelist, Canary man is uh, Musa's spiritual son as well. Next slide, please. Uh, Pastor Abubakar. Uh, this man is, he doesn't look like your typical black African man, does he? Well, the Tomashek are kind of like American Indians or, or Native Americans. You know, they're, they're, they, they have a, a, a particular, um, uh, uh, I'll say phenotype, but that's not right. Uh, characteristics, physical characteristics that are unique to them as Thomas Shek men. This is his family. This is uh, Peter or uh, uh, Muhammad al Next slide, please. And these are some of the kids from our lead that, uh, uh, that Doug had a chance to lead to the Lord. Next slide. And this is where we're going again. That's a duplication. Next slide. Uh, th- this is Mount Bagazam of the Air Mountains. So you think, guys, we're, we're going to the, uh, the uh, Taj Mahal of Africa? No, this is, this is the area where we're going to be that we have to travel through to get to the villages, that, these villages that, that we're going to reach for Jesus. And uh, uh, there's Abubakar there and Musa uh, in the background. This man is, a, is one of the manga who who came to Christ and he is now an evangelist. His name is uh, uh, Balama Isa. Isa means Jesus in in Arabic, but and Balama means chief. So um, he, he's a he's a neat neat fellow, and he's going to be co- traveling with us. But you can see the color uh, among the Tomashek. They're they're they they dress very co- colorfully because um, there's not much color in the area they live. I'll, I'll tell you that. Uh, next slide, please. Well, this fall, where are we going? This is Burkina Faso, and I'd like to break into this country. Uh, the Lord told me to reach every Muslim village across West Africa. So, um, you know, I'm not concerned. It's, it's his work, and, and I'm just doing what he asked me to do. And, and I'm thinking we need to go to Bobo Dialasso in, in this area. Um, that's in the western part of Burkina Faso, and avoid this part of Niger and this part of, of Burkina Faso. But anyway, we'll see see how the, the Lord directs us. It's noon, and I, I didn't have time to talk to, uh, talk to you about everything, um, but I felt like this is what the Lord wanted me to show you, that 
and to tell you that it doesn't matter what obstacles that you face in your life. You know, God has a plan, and you will overcome. Sometimes you've got to go through them. Sometimes you've got to go around them. Sometimes you've just got to wait for God to move them out of your way. But the Lord knows the, the, the habitation of your life. He knows the walls that he's set before you. He's lengthened your, court, your, your tent strings, and he's, he's, uh, he's, he's expanding your influence in your, in your world. Believe it or not, each one of you is called of God and, and specially chosen for the, the will and purposes of God in your life. And you will achieve victory because you have him inside you. Uh, I wanted to tell this one, finish up with telling this one story. I was reading in Numbers, like I told you, Numbers 9, 17. And it says that when the tabernacle was finished, the pillar of the cloud or the smoke, the pillar of smoke, rested over the tabernacle. And that was symbolic of the presence of God in this place. And more than symbolic, because God's everywhere, but that was the Shekinah glory of God resting upon that tabernacle. And it said, whenever the cloud of, of smoke or the cloud of fire by night, the pillar of fire by night, whenever it moved off of the tabernacle, that was the signal to the Israelites to pack up and go and follow that, cla- uh, follow that pillar, follow God. He was leading them always. And if it just stayed there, whether it were days, weeks, or months, they stayed where they were. If it, if, it, if it got up, and they went and followed it wherever. So I was saying to the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't ever want to miss seeing the pillar of smoke move out of my life. I want to always be following that. And he said to me something interesting. He said, David... The glory is in you. You are the tabernacle. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. Oh, my gosh. You know, hey, we all know 1 Corinthians 2.12, 3.16, 6. You know, it talks about the Spirit of God being in you, that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, that you've received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which comes from God. But that was a, a, a rhema word for me that just caused shivers to rise up in my spine. Wherever I go is where the, the, the pillar of fire, the fire of God, goes with me. Whether that is to Faith City when I preach there, or here when I'm preaching to y'all, or, or to Burkina Faso or Niger, it doesn't matter wherever I'm at. God goes with me. And so if I'm hearing from him properly, and even when I'm not, that spirit is still within me. Even though I don't sin, when I do sin, that spirit hasn't left. It's because I'm still the righteousness of God in Christ. That never goes away. (laughs) Praise God. The blood still speaks. The spirit still speaks within. The spirit still moves within me. And when I lay hands on the sick and release the healing anointing, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter if that person gets healed in front of me or not. I've done my job. I've released that healing anointing, and the Spirit will 
move if the conditions are right. Well, what are the conditions? Well, there's got to be faith, right? Jesus could do not many miracles there because of their lack of because of their unbelief. There can be doubt, but there cannot be unbelief. There cannot be mocking. You know, I, 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 the, the areas where I see the, the most miracles is where we're honored by the people. And that mother loves that child so much, they, she believes that Jesus will heal that baby. They listen, in the areas where they, they believe what I tell them about Jesus, they receive what I tell them about Jesus because of their faith. Not because of... Uh, you know, whether I've lived a sinless life or not. or uh, You know, the, what I'm trying to say is <clears throat> the, the, the same spirit that works miracles with, within and through me is the same spirit that is in you. Yes, you can. Yes, you can do the things of God. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants to work that, that doesn't he still wants to does he still want to minister to the sick? Does he still want to deliver the demon possessed? Does he still want to bring sozo to the lost but not forgotten? Yeah, the answer is yes. Well, who's he gonna do it through? His body. He's already he's still here. He's in us. And we get to accomplish the work of God through the grace and the power of God, which is His Spirit. And I do believe you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think that's paramount to seeing the the glory of God revealed. Um, And I I don't know if I can make an argument in favor of that or not, but but uh, we won't go there uh, for now. I want want to tell you, though, something. I met with Dr. Sherwood yesterday and... and, uh, you know, he, he's a great man, uh, I, I, but there are more spiritual guys. But I said, you know, the reason why you're here, Brent? He said, no, why? He said, because you said yes to the call. Yeah. You said yes, and that God is going to impress you for your willingness to do this. And <clears throat> I said, you remember the miracles you saw that, that through, through my hands uh, last, last trip? He went with me three years ago. He said, yeah. And I said, guess what? When you're treating children and you get to a problem you cannot handle, you're going to be laying hands on those kids and you're going to be seeing God do great miracles through you. And he just looked at me like, you got to be kidding me. And I said, no, because the same spirit that's in me is in you. And I'm no better than you. I'm, more, I'm no more anointed than you are for this, for this job. And so that was a challenge to him. But it's also a challenge for you that, you know, it doesn't take a missionary. It doesn't take a prophet or an apostle or, or whatever to get the job done that God has in your life. It takes you and Jesus working through you. Yes, you can. And I'm living proof that it's possible. Amen. Amen. Okay, thank you very much, guys. Uh, I've kept you a little bit longer, but I just felt like I needed to talk about that. uh, Amen, David. Appreciate you all. Love you all. We're with you. Love this man, too. We're with you. God bless you, brother. Yeah, Yeah, he's one of our faithful Every Tuesday guys. (laughs) Been coming down for years.
Well, you know, the prophetic word is right on about grace. We're just beginning to enter into the realms of grace that we've never seen before. You know, this week as I was walking around, I walk every morning, and this week I was walking, he said, go get the Webster and look up the definition of money. So I go look it up, and it says, it says, means of exchange. Catch this. Means of exchange is your money. All right. What was what did we have before we had money? You bartered. You exchanged one thing for another. Now, he says grace is the means of exchange in the kingdom. But it takes both. You have to have the money in this world to get where you're going, what you're going to do. So that's where we come in to help give. But when you get there, grace is the means of exchange for the kingdom. So we're going to go deeper in that realm. Amen. So grace is, it is, it's all about grace. And I'm enjoying the ride and it's going to get better. So remember the special offering as you leave because every seed that you sow will come back. Amen. Father, we thank you for this good time. We thank you for the seeds that's being sown in this work. And we thank you for David's obedience. And I just thank you, Lord, this, this trip's going to be even greater than he's ever seen before. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. You know, David could have just retired and sat at home. You hearing me? But he finished one career to start another one. That's, that's, that's a blessing. All right, you're dismissed. <laughs>